Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Randy and I were at a conference recently speaking on executive coaching and leadership, uh, mentorship, and the differences in those. And I know we asked the question, uh, Randy, I think early on in those sessions, we had two different sessions on the same topic. And you asked how many have some kind of formal mentorship or coaching had experienced it in their organization or had it in their organization. And I think out of, we were guessing maybe 40, 50 or so people, I mean, no more than probably three hands went up that I recall, correct? Yeah, I, don't, I don't even think three. Well, it, one, it of might those, have... one of those was one of your leaders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't Thank goodness count. we had something. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. That but doesn't then you count. were also telling me this morning before we hopped on this podcast that um, you were at a separate conference yourself with a different group. It wasn't an HR group. It was a different uh, group. Mm-hmm. And at that conference, the question had come up about kind of, one-on-ones and it was mentioned by the uh, an audience attendee that yeah they didn't have one-on-ones with their boss um another form of mentorship right is getting that feedback from somebody above you or somebody around you etc and so that prompted our discussion today that okay you may not have it but what does that mean what is that how do you what do you do with that information you can do nothing i guess you could sit on it and say, mm-hmm. well, it's sad we don't have something. Um, I don't think we can expect our CMO team, our city manager's office, to implement such thing. They are not the implementers. They are typically the visionaries that pass it down to us to put it into action, right. you know, us being directors in our teams. Um, and we obviously know some cities are larger than other cities, and some are one-person shops in the HR world. That's where it would typically fall, I would think, because it's a form yeah. of training and development. But what do you do with it? And Randy, I know you kind of you kind of had thoughts of um, the impact of you get that question, you heard that in the audience, and now what? Yeah, and this was about for me. This was about three weeks ago. So at the end of at the end of you know at the end of my keynote, I asked I just opened it up for questions, and it was the very first question. And, you know, the gentleman said, I don't, I I never have FaceTime with, with my boss. This happened to be a director level person in, in a city who reported to a deputy or an assistant. And his question was, you know, what, what, what do I do? And I've just been fixated on that for the last three weeks or so, because I realize there's so many people in our audience that you're not a city manager. So you're not the number one. So you, you clearly, you take orders from somebody else. Now for clarity, don't assume that the city manager doesn't also take orders. They do, uh, they, they've got five to seven bosses, uh, and many more or nine. Yeah. Nine or nine or nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so listen with the internet came this whole permission kind of a moniker. Because here Lisa and I are, and we have this show, we have this podcast, and this is the world that we're now in. Mm -hmm. 
Lisa and I don't need permission from anybody to do this. We have the technology and we have the tools and we have the capacity and the capability to launch our podcast and do what we want. And we can make this show about city government leadership, which we did. We didn't get permission from anybody to do this. Right. We just did this. And that's, that really is my viewpoint about all of this. Don't wait for the city manager. Don't wait for a deputy or an assistant city manager. Don't wait for your boss to give you permission to invest in your people. If you have direct reports, don't wait for permission. Don't even ask for permission. Who is going to forbid you making an investment in your people? Who is going to get in your way and say, no, we don't want you doing that for you to help grow and improve your team and your people? Nobody, nobody. So quit waiting for permission and quit thinking that we've got to have some highfalutin formalized kind of a program. The impetus behind this podcast was to give as much information as Lisa and I could give you free, no strings attached, no ask. We're thankful for your time and attention and to give you some really practical things that I have lived with since I was about 27, this leadership recipe, which began, I called it a progression because I knew that in order to go to the next stage, you first had to have the one before without humility, there is no curiosity. Nobody with enough pride and ego and hubris is going to ask a single question because they already know the answers or they think they do. So for me, it was a progression. It was Lisa who morphed it into a recipe. For me, it was a progression and I had always described it as kind of an endless loop. We start with humility. We go to curiosity. We ask these questions so we can gain some knowledge and that knowledge provides us some understanding and that understanding compels us to really focus on others and have compassion. And then we do it all over again and we do it all over again and we do it all over again. I think Lisa's metaphor is more appropriate and more timely because we have said these ingredients, every good leader needs to have these ingredients, but sometimes we need to deploy more of one than another. Sometimes we need to really lean hard into curiosity. Other times we may need to lean hard into knowledge. We need to know, we need to know stuff. Now you can't gain knowledge without asking questions though. And without any of that, you don't get understanding. So they're all tied together. Now I know that these things seem way too simple, but trust me as an old guy, when I tell you there are no secrets, there is no magic formula. There is no secret volume of books that are stowed away somewhere that if only you could get your hands on that, then you could figure this all out. That's why there's so many books. And that's why there will continue <laughs> to be so many books, right? Because this is not that complicated. That does not mean it's easy. It's crazy hard. And the reason it's crazy hard is because the conveyor belt of activity and work product that has got to be produced every single day, every single hour is daunting. And, it, and I think your key words being conveyor belt, it never stops. No, it doesn't have an end point. It just keeps cycling. And at some point, something's going to drop off and a new thing's going to come on that creates the required use of the leadership recipe. 
Well, and that provides us with an excuse for why we don't do it. This is why I don't, nobody cares. Yeah. Your, your people don't care why you don't invest in them. Your people don't care why you don't meet with them, why you don't invest your time and your effort and your attention in how you can help them improve and get better. And here's the real problem. And you experience this. You've said so publicly. In fact, you did at this last conference of figuring out sometimes we do have to slow down so that we can go faster after this period that we invest in other people, you know, when you and I first met, you've talked about it pretty openly. You're with a subject matter expert. You just were, your team was in such a, yeah, your team was in such a condition. It just fell to you. And so it's real easy to just here, give me that. I can do it and I can do it right now. I know I can do it right. Mm -hmm. And every leader, Every single leader has experienced that some more than others. And for too many, that just becomes their way of life. And I think for too many, that makes them feel indispensable. I'm sure I say it multiple times a week in private conversations uh, with leaders, particularly with leaders that are below the number one, as they are trying to understand what makes a number one tick. And by number one, I mean that person at the top of the food chain, that person at the top of the hierarchy, in this case, a city manager, they're looking for people that can help them solve their problems and take advantage of these opportunities. So the question that they want answered is who, who, who can we lean on to help us do this? And they are going to lean on those people that are high performers. It's just, which goes back to our original discussion. What do you do? Right. Exactly. What do you what do you do if you don't have it? Because clearly the vast majority, at least in the group, the two groups we had, there was just a small handful, very small. I mean, a fraction of the room that I don't had know any that kind a single, of formal. I don't think a single hand went up in that second session. Yeah. So, you know, the, the challenge then becomes, OK, if you don't have a mentorship or a coaching program, because because we, we kind of talked about the difference. Um that I even had to learn because I had not been experienced uh, or knowledgeable about coaching or what it was until I met you, Randy. We've talked about that openly. Um, but my boss, Cheryl, had had the opportunity and it was a, a game changer for her. It was life changing in her words to have a coach uh, be on her side, hear her and they're a neutral party. Um, but for those that aren't familiar with mentorship and coaching, we kind of talked about the basic differences is um, mentorship really is typically somebody that knows your job or your, uh, industry environment really well. So I've had an, I've had external mentors outside of the organization, but they were a human resources director and had been for many years at a city. So they know the dynamics of leadership of, of how the organization works of the, um, key players, the things at stake, the programming, et cetera. I also had, have had them internally. Um, peers or people above me that that I've utilized because they know our inner workings. They know our resources, our tools, et cetera. And then now in my evolution as a leader here at Grand Prairie for being here so long and having that knowledge and having the leadership traits that they 
view as favorable, the things that are, you know, holding our mission and our values and things like that. They've now, our city management has had me mentor to, we, we attach mentors to new directors, but then in coaching. So the mentors can help with what do we do? Where do we go? How do we do that? How should I approach that conversation with X? Because we know the inner workings, right? Um, again, most are internal, but they don't have to be um, as long as they have knowledge in your industry. I've I've relied upon another city manager recently and contacted them on an issue I was having and said, hey, here's my thought process and how I wanted to explain something. Would that come across to you favorably? Do you recommend anything? And we kind of talked through that. So they can also serve as mentors because they understand your business, right? But coaching is a little different because coaches, I, yeah, I learned through you, Randy, you don't really have a dog in the hunt. Your interest is in me and my success. Yeah, yeah the right? client, the client, the client is is the end all be all. And and you also don't have to. Uh, in either case, I think as a mentor, a, a really great mentor and a great, great coach, there's confidentiality. It's not, uh, you know, I call it a snitch. It's not somebody who's telling the top mm-hmm. what's going on and what they need help on. Your interest is on me. Your interest is on what is Lisa trying to achieve. What does she need to achieve? Uh, what did I communicate I'm trying to do? And you're trying to help me find the ways to get there, but it's me finding it. You're being curious and asking the questions that guide me to my own solution. And I think that's the big difference. I mean, I think in in a word, I think in one of the sessions I said, just think of the word should. The word should is completely appropriate for a mentor. Lisa has had conversations with people who are mentoring her and they have absolutely said, you should do this. You should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do. Or think that you need to think about the impact, how it would, how I would receive it is. So but, be careful they have on the been, message, you know, but, but mentors are in a position where they can and probably, and should give that specific kind of advice and guidance. Correct. I don't personally, I'm not saying all coaches operate this way, but I, I don't operate that way as a coach. This is your life. I'm not going to live your life for you. Plus I'm not in a position like a city manager that you, you may have just recently talked to and asked about some specific thing. I, I don't have the insight to help you with that. I don't know. I'm not a city manager. I've never been a city manager. I could help you think it through. Uh, but I would probably be, I would probably be one. In fact, I know I was of talk to a city manager. Yes. You know, so I could say that, but you know, that's deferring to somebody that's got a degree of insight that I know I don't have. Right. So I think as a mentor, I I had a conversation, uh, in one of the hallways at, at this conference we were at with two ladies. And I said, if I came into your organization as a brand new employee, it would not take me long to find out who's the rock star here. Who's the, if I came into your team, I said, I would, I would, the first thing I would do is who's the, who's the, who's the real high performer here. Who's the top performer in on this team. And I said, I would get a name and the same name would come up. And they were both shaking their head like, yeah, I said, and I would go talk to that person and I would find out from that person. This is a case of mentorship. I would find out from that person. What does it take to be an a player here 
in this city and on this team, in this organization, they could tell me I'm not in a position as, as somebody who's not on the inside to tell somebody I could give general kind of advice, but the culture but that you're not well, in the world living, no, it. the culture, the culture, the vibe, the, the things that that organization might value. And the reason that this person might be an a player now, truth be told in my experience, a players in one organization can easily be a players in probably any organization. There are commonalities to them all, but there are also nuances. And sometimes the nuances make all the difference in the world. So that's right. That's right. And so, you know, when we do this, I think to Randy's point, as we kind of, as we look at those differences, I can tell you here, and I think in most places, I call it the city manager has the vision and the dream. You know, I heard from both Cheryl and uh, and our city manager that said, hey, we would, you know, I, we really, I'd like to focus on mentorship. I'd like to develop something. That was the comment. Mm-hmm. And I heard it more than once, you know, and, and, uh, and I know in our police department, they do mentorship, right? They assign them. But as you look at mentorship, they, they weren't the ones implementing it, nor did they say, this is how we want it done. Now, Cheryl did give me clarity and she said, I really, I, f- I feel like the middle management, the middle leadership are, you know, superintendents, our operation supervisors, I feel like we're missing them. And I agreed with her because if mm-hmm. you think about your organization, you often have executive leadership and a coach, like an executive coaching, mm-hmm. or you have the city manager's office or the directors focusing on their number twos. When you think about development, we are often trying to groom somebody to take our jobs, but how deep are you going in your organization? And if you're not reaching down and looking at your bench strength, you're missing the boat. In my opinion, we have got to develop all the way down the organization and find ways to reach and teach them. All right. So that was kind of our focus. So I heard the vision from them agreed with that vision And we did not have a program. We had a a program, probably like many of you, that taught them about our business. Okay, here's Leadership 101, and here's what it looks like. And here's how to do, you know, if you need to know how to do purchasing, and if you need to know how to do a performance evaluation in Grand Prairie, and here's our tools. And we were teaching them the things. Right. But the soft skills were just silent. And that's that's the hardest skills to develop. How do you communicate well? The things we talk about on this podcast, Mm -hmm. how do you communicate? How do you influence? How do you use compassion? What points do you have humility to get your team involved and get the job done? uh, And and get along (laughs) and get along, you know? Yes. It's all these simple, simple concepts, very difficult to administer well, to do it well. And so, so I kind of ran with the idea of, okay, let's, and I talked with my team, did a lot of soul searching for about nine months of, let's see what other cities are doing. Many of the other cities, just like us, they had the technical pieces Mm -hmm. outlined and those were classes. We did not find very many. And some of you may have great programs. We just didn't come across other entities that focused on really hard on these soft skills and an efficient program and had a mentorship component because we really wanted to focus on not only teaching the mentors and the attendees, but also 
mentoring them and teaching the mentors how to be great leaders. So this was some of our higher level leaders, not the number ones and not always the number twos, but um, we had kind of a, uh, a combo set of those that we have, have taught. So um, what we did here is, and what we're telling you in this, in this particular uh, podcast is you have to own it and take, like Randy said, you don't have to ask for permission. You need to come up with a concept. Now you do need to go to them. I went back to our city manager's office and said, here's what I'm thinking. And then we tweaked it a little bit. Um, but we developed a, a six session leadership program that not only taught this leadership recipe uh, of humility, curiosity, knowledge, understanding, and compassion, but then for another hour in that session after we taught the class, then we did activities to practice each of those as we dug into each session. And we practice, so they physically learned how to apply them and how to do them in like role playing sessions and things like that. So it kind of ingrains in them how to do it appropriately with Randy and I kind of monitoring the room and helping. And then we had mentorship moments at the end where we have the mentors with their it's group mentoring, which is a little different. We have two to three attend uh, mentees assigned to a mentor. And through that, the mentor is reinforcing not only what they've learned, which they are also learning, but they also help monitor and track those mentees to ensure they are applying that and checking back with them and growing relationships that can be trusted to set long-standing relationships with someone that, that those mentees can rely upon through the course of their employment here at the city. And those mentors, um, we've continued to tweak it. This is our second series called Grow Me Grand. But in Grow Me Grand, we had Randy this last time, as we looked back, I said, you know, we need to be growing the mentors and really getting them to bond and really letting them to understand uh, and let go a little bit and be vulnerable so that there's trust amongst the mentors. And Randy came in and did a great, I think we did a two or three hour session with yeah, lunch. We spent a morning together. Yeah. And it was really just the, amazing. Just the mentors. It was, it basically was a coach, the mentors kind of a session. That's right. Um, and then we're looking at growing that continually. And that's what every program does. It evolves. You, you, you look back, I always call it a, you know, debrief. You look back at what you've done, were there any gaps? Um, and then we try to make it stronger and stronger. And, and one thing, Randy, you and I have talked about in our mentorship component is making sure not only do we coach the mentor, so they have support through this as well, um, but that it strengthens them. And then we offer support longer throughout the period and following these courses. So we've talked about adding some mentorship moments or mentorship Mondays or whatever right. throughout that all the, the people who have gone through the program can pop in and ask questions and know that they have support from leadership on their development and their challenges in the workplace that we have stated support and demonstrated support which uh, I believe will continue to evolve and improve, but it's taking the, you know, it's taking the bull by the horns and saying, this is what we're going to do. And you come up with something. Don't wait. As Randy said, that the goal here, don't wait for permission. Yeah. You've but your story, your story, your go. story is great and wonderful. So all devil's advocate. So it's great and wonderful, Lisa, for you, because your your CMO and your, and your boss mentioned repeatedly this idea. I don't even, my boss doesn't even give me FaceTime. You know, so 
what am I going to do? Now I happen to have inside knowledge about you and your team. You were already, you were already, it wasn't formalized, but it kind of sort of was, you were already investing in your people, all of your people. Now you had a team of, I don't know, a dozen. Yeah. We have have 14, including me. Right. And so that was the size of her team. So even before CMO came to her, I will just tell you guys, she was already kind of doing her own thing in the context of her team. She didn't have to go to CMO for that. She, that's the biggest point. She didn't have to run that by, by anybody. She could have done that. So the answer to the question that might be in the audience, yeah, but what about me? I'm, I'm, I'm not a director. I got a team of three people. I got a team of two people. It's me. You know, I mean, then what can I do? This podcast is all about our ability to help serve others. Can we serve and support and influence others toward high performance? And it begins with us. We've got to be high performers ourselves. And if we're not, we got to get busy fixing that. Doesn't mean that you got to wait until you arrive at some point before you can be helpful to somebody else. So it's not, well, I think there's, you being I think perfect. There's, yeah, I think there's so many things, Randy, because those are great points. And we hear that all the time. They're like, well, you have 14. I do have 14, but that means there's also more stuff. Mm-hmm. There's not any less work at any city. The size correlates with the, with the load. So you may be a, 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 you know, an HR department of one, which many, many are, Well, they have to wear a bunch of hats. There's equal load. It's just at a smaller city. They are no less busy than I am. They're just busy. And don't assume that, don't assume that her head count of 14 is sufficient. (laughs) No, that's right. It's not, it's woefully insufficient. Yeah. I have not talked to another HR director, another city manager, another police chief. And I've talked to a lot of them. I'm friends with a lot across the Metroplex. They are in the exact same position we are. Crazy busy, frantic load, can never get to everything. Every city has load. And it's the same frantic, hectic, busy, can't get to everything on the plate. So there is no there is no one person department any less busy than I am. There's no 25 person department less busy or more busy than I am. We just have different busies. That's right. Right. So. I think to your point, Randy, it's very valid. What if I'm only me? I would tell you, it doesn't matter how many you or have. Or what if your boss doesn't give you mention? Yeah, or he doesn't give you FaceTime. You can still be a great you and a great leader. Um, and you have to own the work and come up with the ideas because you have to look at, and remember, I've always said you can serve up as well. Mm-hmm. So if if you don't have FaceTime, one, if they if you haven't asked for it, say, hey, can I meet with you? Maybe at least bi-monthly. Just start with something and say, here's what's on the plate. And if they say no, just send me an email. Okay, send them an email. Here's what I'm working on. Just want to make sure it aligns. Know your values. Know your vision, your city's vision. Make sure it aligns. Listen to what your city manager, if you're not going to council meetings, if you're not going uh, to whatever meetings are open, Make sure you're listening because you can gain the priorities if they're not stated yet. Maybe there's not a strategic mission or a vision or a value statement. Well, just go to the meetings and find out what's important and make sure you're aligning what you're doing with those. And maybe it's not mentorship right now. Maybe it's community service. They need more volunteerism and you develop a volunteer program or support a volunteer program. 
you can be the greatest you through listening and serving others. And it comes down to that no matter what, serving your team, serving your leaders, serving your peers, a great HR department, they are the hub to the city. If you think about it, they cannot survive without us. And I'm and I'm not saying that that we're any more or less valuable, but we get them the people, we pay them, we benefit them, we recognize them, we discipline them, we retire them. The whole entire cycle of an employee is touched by HR's impact. Um, so don't think you are not valued for what you do, but make it the best it can be. Don't just do the technical and tactical. You need to do the strategic and start aligning and going out to your departments. How can I serve you better? I mean, we that's the first thing we did when we reestablished our team. We went to every single department and said, what are we doing uh, poorly? What can we do better? And what are we doing well that you want us to keep doing? And we got great feedback. Um, and you start seeing a path of, okay, this is one thing we need to work on. Start with that, if anything. Start with find out what your weaknesses are and your gaps and improve those first and that you'll start gaining trust. So be the greatest you you can be, regardless of the support you have. Um, just make sure you're careful in the communication and that you're inclusive of the, the desires of city management and the needs of your team. Those are the two areas you need to serve up and down and then obviously manage your peers and expectations there. Every team, every organization has got go-to people. And those go-to people answer the question that people have, uh, who can I, who can I ask about this? Who can I go to about this? You want to be that go-to person. Yeah. Whatever exactly. that, whatever that looks like, whatever breadth and scope that looks like, no matter how small mm -hmm. and no matter how big, be the go-to person mm -hmm. and the go-to people are always, 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 always the rock stars. They are always, right. always, always. Now they're not always the rock stars because some rock stars are toxic and unapproachable mm -hmm. because they just rely on their own performance. And they right. think that their own performance will allow them to get by with the toxic behavior. Right. We've all seen this, the approachable people, the people that are kind and high performers are the go-to people mm -hmm. and you can be that. And the scope and scale of that can grow as you continue in your leadership journey. The thing that is, is pretty grand about pun intended about the program that Lisa and her city are in, involved in. I completely understand the economics of why leadership toward the top gets the resources to grow. Number one, they are already at a, they have ascended to a position where they've kind of proven themselves and they've already proven at that level that they are high performers. And so the investment just makes sense. It's like, we know they're good. We know they're capable. We just, you know, we think that we can get them from here to here. And if you take somebody in that position and you just help them grow 5%, you've really moved the needle. Mm -hmm. Take somebody who's completely unproven. We don't know. It's a crapshoot. And you could improve maybe a mediocre or even a poor performer by 30%. You really haven't, you haven't done anything. So I get the economics at the top problem and the challenge that I think 
your city is is trying to tackle, which is worth thinking about, no matter where we are in our leadership journey. Mm-hmm. If we have direct reports, there's a lot of people we don't know. They are an unknown quantity, and for us to assume, well, they won't. They're not. They're not going to pay. You don't know that. You don't know that until they get an opportunity. And so, for us to make an investment across the board, like Grand Prairie is choosing to do, is crazy smart is everybody going to emerge from this program and be a rock star no they're not but the rock stars are going to emerge the cream is going to rise to the top and they are largely going to rise to the top because this city has made an investment in these people and given them the opportunity to shine not everybody given the opportunity to shine will shine but the ones that really want to will yeah And so we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our organizations. We owe it to our people to give them the opportunity. Now, what they do with it, that's completely up to them. Yeah. You know, and as we, as we do this, uh, you know, we started with talking about mentorship and coaching. And if, if you don't have it formalized in your organization, at least be a mentor to somebody on your staff, um, you can reach out, you know, we talked about support and serving others. Uh, if you're a department of one or three, or you don't know where to go, please, Randy and I have contact information on, through our contact page. You can email us. We will hop on a call. We can talk in the evenings. We can talk in the mornings. Um, we are here to serve you all equally as we're serving our own staffs. Um, that's what we're here for. And the good news is I've got, the, I've got experience as do many others that you may use as a as a contact, um, reach out to those around you that you respect and trust. Doesn't have to be me. You know, I've reached out. My daughter is a, in a, she's always been in departments of one or one and a half, honestly. She's got great feedback that I don't have experience in. And I actually, we had a person come up to me at conference asking for wisdom and insight. And I referred her to my daughter because they are in a very small shop and I hadn't experienced what they were experiencing. I could give wisdom as to the topic but not in that environment that they were in because they were a very small city uh, with some, uh, you know, politics and influence because everybody knows everybody. I I didn't have that. So, you know, I really, in that case, Haley was a much better reference and support unit for that person. And I sat and listened and shared, but it doesn't matter the size of the organization. It just doesn't. It just matters on those you trust with wisdom and insight that can help you in that moment of where you're at. And don't be afraid to call us because maybe we can ask enough questions that you can see, you can see where you need to go with more clarity than you do right now. Um, And and again, if it's not me or Randy, which it doesn't have to be, it's just, I'm offering, don't forget we're here for you. Ask those around you and say, this is a program I'm trying to develop. And I guarantee you, they will help you find a way that works for you because it has to work for what you can manage uh, successfully, what you have time to do, and you want to make that simple. So there may be components. Plus, there may be people that can come teach it for you. You know, I've offered, and I know our city manager's office has offered, that we may be able to take this out and teach people um, over time, long-term on this program, if they don't have the resources. So there may be opportunities like that that exist, um, that we can share, share learning and share resources. All of those are available. Uh, lastly, my comment, Randy, would be we talked a lot about as we did, 
went through this conversation. You know, um, you don't have to wait for permission. You need to be the best you can be and serve those around you up, down and out. But don't forget to be the light. I tell people this all the time. Be the light. You can get drawn into the negativity and drawn into the woe is me and I can't and I don't have and I wish I had. But you know what? Negativity does nothing good. It just brings the environment and the energy down. It sucks the life out of people. So be the light in your organization. Be the one that, like Randy said, you, they go to. Um, and you're trying to do good, even if in little tiny pockets, but be the light and do good. Um, I wanted to add this. I was just looking on my phone because there was a post I had done um, recently through LinkedIn. And I think that kind of lends, it would be kind of a good close to this as we talked about the journey and where you're at now and what you could do and what you should do and how to, and it says, remember how far you come, not just how far you have to go again, that optimist versus a pessimist. You are not where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. And that was by Rick Warren. So I thought that's a good thing to keep in mind that the journey is endless. Just be better than you were yesterday right? Because yesterday you were less than you were today, but you can be, become more. Just don't forget where you came from and where you're going. It's, it's, it's evolving and just make it better and better as you move forward. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.